Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. For more information about our church and service times, please visit revival.me. Enjoy the message. Fatherlessness is the problem in the United States. I would say it's probably the number one problem in the world. Um, and so we're going to talk a little bit about that. How many is excited? How many are excited for that? So before we begin, though, let's let's talk about your books because we want to um, we want people to know they can get e- either one of these or both of them in uh, the cafe. You know, guys, know where the merch is to the left when you walk in the cafe. You can pick up. Tell us about your books. And I, I know that um, like this this was you wrote this one first, right? Yes. Sir. Okay. And yeah, tell us about that one and. Uh, this, uh, what is called the exposed place, it comes out of uh, Nehemiah 4, where uh, Nehemiah uh, checks the wall of the, uh, of the city as he's, uh, they're being attacked, and he, he finds a vulnerable place, he finds an exposed place, and he puts a man and families at the, in the exposed place, giving them a sword, a spear, and a bow. Uh, th- this book is about the exposed place. Every one of us have a different exposed place, a place where the enemy has been hitting you year after year, mocking the power of God, saying, uh, you'll never get rid of this. Uh, God, you're you're in trouble. And that place can be sexual sin. It could be anger. It could be depression. It could be rejection. It could be alcoholism, addictive behaviors. There's numerous vulnerable places. You have a vulnerable place that's not like mine. It's unique to you. So you don't have to worry about the other's vulnerable places. You just have to worry about the one that you have. But a lot of people do not know their vulnerable place. They've never discovered it. And this book will help you discover your vulnerable place. Then you can get healing for your vulnerable place through the Word of God. Uh, What do you apply to, to your vulnerable place? And thirdly, it teaches you how to protect your vulnerable place for the rest of your life. And I'm I'm talking as a man of faith. You'll still have a vulnerability in that area, and you need to protect it. You need not to play with it. It's like uh, an alcoholic just wants a sip. You can't sip it in your vulnerable place. You have to keep it away from you. And this book will help you find it, heal it, and protect it. And, and then this, the first book I wrote is about the ministry that I had, the single parents and children that the Lord allowed me to find, uh, have in, since 1981. He took me around the world ministering to single parents and kids, thousands and thousands of them. And he, because my heart was overwhelmed with the woundedness of the children. And I'd minister to the children. I'd go after and probe like a pediatric specialist in the Holy Spirit, probe the wounded child until I would find and get them willing to allow me to touch their wound and bring healing in Jesus Christ. They, they never knew Jesus Christ wanted to heal their wound. They never heard about it. They didn't hear it preached from the pulpit. It was never something that they were aware of. Uh, this book reveals the heart of the father through the scriptures about what he feels for single parents and children, for the orphan and the widow. And you will find biblical applications in here 
And if you're a single parent, get the book. It will really, really change your life. And if you know a single parent, and it's your sister-in-law, your brother, or whatever, whoever, pick up the book and put it in their hands and say, this will help you. Because I'm telling you, I've sold a lot of books, and this really helps single parents and children. So if you, if you would be, uh, go for it, that's fine. Uh, and you amen. can pick one up in the cafe. And, uh, and just ring it up at the cafe register there, or they can yeah. Venmo you, right? Yeah. Okay. That? They can Venmo you. Yes. Right? Okay. That, Either what way. What is that? Venmo? Venmo. Yeah. Money Electronic yeah. money. <laughs> Whatever. Spe speaking of vulnerable places, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I'm wearing slides today. Yeah. What is where? Um, what is the? You know, what's going it, on? Had I known I was going to wear them, I probably should have switched socks, and I got in trouble this morning. My wife... But I, I was here. Let me just say a quick story. All right. I'll yeah. be real quick. I'm walking out and I put my church shoes on because I'm wearing these pants. You know, these are a little fancier with the flowers on them. I got to wear my church shoes. Come on, somebody. And they were so uncomfortable. I'm like, I don't want to wear these. So I'll take the church shoes. And I saw my slides sitting there and I'm like, I'm going to put my slides on because they're comfortable. And then I'll put the church shoes on. But then I'm like, wait a minute. It's Father's Day. I'm going to be comfortable. And I hope the congregation would be gracious to let me wear my slides. I feel very vulnerable, though, right now. Bless my <laughs> name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. All right, let's get at it. This is going to be fun. All right, I, I love doing interviews, okay? And, um, and so it's an honor. First of all, I want to say it's an honor to interview you. Uh, love your heart, your ministry, your family. It's been great to get to know who you are. And so we just wanted to honor who you are and the ministry, the river of living water that, that flows through you. Well, and, um, you have a lot of history with this church, but you've also been a senior pastor over a couple different churches mm -hmm. you've pastored. You've done yep. traveling ministry. And so uh, you, you like doing interviews, I hope. What is your experience with this well, kind of thing? Well, I, I haven't done an interview like this in a long time. Uh, I... The last one I did, I was at the, I was on the 700 Club, and um, with uh, Pat Robinson's son, and I did the TV show, and then I was asked by Scott Ross uh, of the 700 Club, would you do an interview on the radio? And uh, so I said, yeah, I'll do that. So I I did the sh the TV show, and then I went to to do the radio show, and, and Scott interviewed me on the radio. Then he said, would you mind if we open up the phones? Yeah. Why not? Go ahead. And, and so, uh, th this is where it got a little complicated. I'm, I'm on national radio, and the first one is a woman, and the woman is telling me that her husband comes home, and he's really creepy. He, uh, my husband is really creepy. Matter of fact, he, he gets angry, and all of a sudden, different voices are coming out of his mouth. And, and I'm like, uh-oh. Uh, I'm, on, I'm on national radio, it's like, so uh, he, he has voices, yeah, voices that like are weird and creepy, and I'm like, oh my God. So the last interview I did, I had, an, you're not going to ask questions, are you going to ask questions? We're, we're not going to no. open it up to the phone, can <laughs> we just hold the phone That'd lines good. so we don't because have to I pointed it to a pastor, you need to go to a pastor, you got a church, go to there. Because this is a little bit too deep here to get into on, on radio. Deliverance session yeah, right there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is going to be good. I, I'm excited. I want to open up with a verse uh, out of 1 Corinthians. Some of you are familiar with it. We're going to talk about the father's love, the father wound, the attack on families, things that are practical and relatable to every single one of us. Mm -hmm. Because whether or not we, I mean, all of us, 
um, you know, have a, a father wound to one degree or another, even if we grew up with parents, that parents are imperfect. And, and so we're going to talk about the love of the father. But 1 Corinthians 4.15, Paul says, For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I've begotten you through the gospel. Mm-hmm. I remember many years ago, a spiritual father in my life, Larry Titus, I want to take a moment and honor the spiritual fathers in my life and fathers in general. My dad, he probably watched uh, the first service. He's still in Las Vegas. I have an amazing father. Are you thankful for fathers? Are you thankful for spiritual parents, fathers Mm -hmm. and moms? It's so important. And Paul, I remember hearing the scripture and Larry Titus was preaching and he said, we need fathers to rise up because there's something about the father in the role of a family. And I want to ask you a question. And we have a couple slides here we're going to put up in a moment as he shares. But why is, and it seems like, especially in, in the world today, like even in the last, uh, I don't know, I would say three years, four years, five years, the family unit is being attacked because the family unit is under attack. Why does the enemy want to destroy the family unit? I agree with you 100% about godly fathers, the, the importance of godly fathers. Uh, I think the greatest thing that I've ever achieved in my life, and I've done a lot of things that people would, would look at and go, yeah, that's really cool, but is being married 40 years to my bride. And, 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 uh, and, and being a father of four, four children and a grandpa for nine, that, that's... And my greatest achievement. And I, I bless the fathers that are out here that are faithful and committed and love their wives and love their children. Uh, the, the attack on the family uh, it has a strategic place in the enemy's tactics. When, when the institution, the marriage institution is attacked, it is... For me, when I was searching and I searched for scriptures and meaning that I could help single parents and their children, the Lord took me to Lamentations, the book of Lamentations, which is not a devotional. I mean, there are not too many people doing Lamentations devotional. (laughs) Lamentations was written by Jeremiah, and he was called a weeping prophet. When I started ministering to single parents and kids, I would start opening my mouth about the wound, the father wound, the, the areas that, that needed to be healed, and they would be weeping in the room uncontrollably to the place where after a meeting, people would say to me, what an incredible meeting. It was a five tissue box day. I mean, they would tell me by, by the amount of tissue boxes that because people would weep. And I started to kind of relate to Jeremiah, especially in Lamentations. It's an allegorical look at the attack on Jerusalem. And in my humble opinion, I saw it. And what I saw was that the outer wall of Jerusalem. If we get that slide up there. The outer wall of Jerusalem was not the ultimate goal of the Babylonians in 586 B.C. It was the primary target. It was the first target. Knock down the walls but get to the temple. 
they wanted to destroy the temple. The outer wall was the primary attack. Wow. Break the outer wall, but let's get to the temple. Why? Because that's where the Jews worshipped God. It was an attack on, on God by the Babylonians, a type of the enemy. And the, so the, the walls of, Jerem, of Jerusalem come down, and if you were to say, okay, the walls came down, let's, let's not fight anymore, and not recognize they're going after the temple. Fight for the temple. That's God's place of worship. They didn't do that. And, and in Jeremiah, he starts speaking and allegorically looking at the word of the Lord. It speaks in Jeremiah chapter 1, 1, how lonely sits the city that was once great among the provinces. She who's, who, was, who was great among the provinces has become a forced laborer. Uh, she has become like a widow. And I saw, I saw the, the weeping single parent. And, and what I saw was that the enemy was today breaking down the other, uh, if you put the other uh, one up, he's breaking down marriage, the marriage institution created by God. So the walls were a type of the marriage. The well, temple that's, that's is a type what, of the family. Yes. It's a type and a shadow. When you, when you break into the marriage, I married 46, I've never been a single parent, never been a single parent child. I just have the heart of the father for that I wanted to reach them and let them know that they're loved and their, their lives are not over because uh, divorce came into their lives, a widowhood. I wanted to love on them as the love of the father. But see, when the outer wall breaks down, unfortunately, the church has become the 2.5 uh, kids a mom and a pop and a house in suburbia with a dog and a cat. That's the church, the church family. Anybody single, adults, single parents, widows, orphans, they're like not exactly kind of the group. Like you're in it, but we're really not going to minister to you too much. You know, that's not the heart of the father. The father's heart is for the single parent, the widow, the orphan, single parent kids, married couples. God's family is much bigger than 2.5 kids, a mom and a pop in a house in suburbia, right? So when the outer wall breaks down, what is the enemy after? He's after the temple. Know ye not, know ye not, you are the temple. He's after the temple. He's looking to rob the souls. He wants the husband, the father, first of all, he's the primary target that they wipe the father out very quickly, unfortunately. That's the Christ of the house. When he, he's, he's told, go get drunk, go lay with women, go gamble, do whatever you want, you're free. He tells the women, be filled with depression, be filled with heaviness, become like a widow carrying the world on your shoulders. He tells the boy, you, get rebellious. Get rebellious in school. Don't do your homework. Who cares about you? Nobody cares about you. He tells the girl, go out and find Billy. Billy's going to love you. He'll make you feel better. And she becomes pregnant. There's more single-parent girls that are pregnant in the world than any other uh, girl uh, that is in the world. The enemy sets them up to take them down. And if the church doesn't gather them in with great compassion, Isaiah 54, and pushes them out in their wounded state, where do you think the wolf is? He's right on the outskirts of the flock. He's waiting for the wounded one to run. And 
believe me, the single parents, the kids, the wound is not a band-aid wound, it's an emotional earthquake. And they want to run from God. Where is God? God didn't show up. It's, it's, it's a unanimous kind of feeling from, at the beginning for most single parents. And they want to run. They, they shouldn't run. They should allow the church, and the church should want to. And I thank you, Pastor, for allowing me to share this kind of a message, which proves to me your heart is the heart of the Father. That God wants to gather them in, in their wounded state, recognizing their wounds, for pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God and our Father is to visit the orphan and the widow in their distress when they're all messed up. And they're messed up. Each of them has the father wound. Each of them have been wounded. So the, the attack is on the family. And this, this really runs deep into understanding that it's the father's love that shapes our identity. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of people impacted by this. There's a lot, a lot of us, we don't know who we are because we don't know the father um, we all have that father wound. I want to read Psalm 68, 5 and 6a. And the New King James says that God is a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy habitation. God sets the solitary in families. That's his heart. I want to, I want to move to the next question. So we have an understanding the enemy is attacking, he's attacking fathers. But from what you're saying, like there is grace for the single parent to have a home, to have a refuge. Like there is grace. And, and obviously we want fathers to rise up. We want to break this cycle of fatherlessness. I don't know if you guys knew this. And I, I think that there are other countries that have more orphans. But the U.S. is number one in the world for children living in single parent homes. Did you know that? Almost 25% of the United States children are living in single parent homes. That's a big deal. You would think the U.S. would not be leading in that. And, and there's a lot of things that happen in broken homes. And you have like, I, I remember last year I read some of the statistics. Like if you look at 63% uh, of youth suicides involve a child who is living in a fatherless home. This is from the U.S. Department of Justice. 85% of all children which exhibit some type of behavioral disorder come from a fatherless home. 20 times the average. 90% of runaway and homeless youth come from a fatherless home. That's right. That's right. 71% of all high school dropouts are from a fatherless home. 85% of youth in prison come from fatherless homes. They're submitting themselves to Egypt and Assyria to get their bread. That's the word wow. of God in Lamentations wow. 5. Uh, Let's read that. Let's read that. Now, these are the children crying out in Lamentations. It says this. In chapter 5, remember, O Lord, what has befallen us. Look and see our reproach. Our inheritance has been turned over to strangers. Wow. Our houses to aliens. We've become orphans without a father. Our mothers are like widows. We have to pay for our drinking water. Our wood comes to us at a price. Nothing's easy. Our pursuers are at our necks. We're worn out. There's no rest for us. We've submitted to Egypt and Assyria to get our bread. Our fathers sinned and are no more. It is we who have borne their iniquity. 
Now, in ministering to the children, the wounded children, like a pediatric specialist in the Holy Spirit, I would probe and I would find that they felt the curse of their father was on them. That their lives were destroyed. Their lives would never be any good because their fathers were in jail. Their fathers molested this one. Their father did this. Their father broke, broke away from their mother. And they thought... I am going to be just like him. And I want to, to speak to them out of that verse saying, you will not bear the sin of your father. I got one who's born the sin of your father, and it's Jesus Christ. Come on. He will set you free because you, you came through your father, but not from your father. You came from a heavenly father who has a purpose for your life. And even though it's been knocked down, God will lift you up and give you a purpose for living. And these kids never heard that Jesus Christ loved them. Matter of fact, some of them would say that God told my father to leave my mother. I said, God didn't tell your father anything to leave your mother. That was a lie from the pit of hell. The Lord is for you and and he's fighting for you. Even though you've been through it, God would, would help you to rise up and he would heal the pain of your memory. Without taking away the memory of your pain. God's going to blood wash you, not brainwash you. So, yeah, hallelujah. So, when you look at these scriptures, it's amazing. As Pastor Zach read those those scriptures. Lamentations chapter 1 verse 16. Jeremiah says this, and I've caught myself saying it over and over throughout the years. For these things I weep. My eyes run down from wa- with water, because far from me is a comforter, one who restores my soul. My children are desolate, because the enemy has prevailed. Where is this comforter Jeremiah is talking about? Because far from me is a comforter, one who restores my soul. The comforter is in you and me. You see, and being far from them that the enemy is is prevailing the children are desolate they're out there wounded and reacting we're mocking them ADD we're mocking them rebellious rather than seeing them as wounded they're wounded kids there's wounded kids going across America doing incredibly violent things every one of them behind them is a story of incredible hurt and I, I don't approve of what they're doing, but I understand, my goodness gracious God, we need to do a better job of reaching the children. I love Father Abraham and many friends, but I don't want to be just a youth pastor or a youth uh, group leader. I want to be a youth minister. I want to minister to the wounds of children. I want to be able to let them know as young as they are, they can be healed. So the, the attack on, on the family gives them, there's disgrace. They feel disgrace. They feel like their inheritance. Once was their father had money for them. Now it's being given to somebody else. It's been their houses. They used to have a nice house. Now 70% poor instantly is the mother. Instantly. And they're living in from one to the next one-room apartment, they're going like, like they've lost their way. 
Why? Because they've lost the vision for their future. What's the vision for their future? It was married and happily ever after. All of a sudden, that vision's gone, and they go aimlessly like nomads in a desert. They don't know where they're going. And who's following them? The little kids are following them aimlessly. So God, the, the, the wound that comes to a single-parent household, like I said, it's not a Band-Aid wound. And it's not something, well, don't worry, the kids get over it. The kids don't get over it. If you're a single-parent child, you know what I mean. Father's Day is not an easy day when the father's never been there. And, and, it, and it's hurting. And when we look at the LBGT community, do you know how many have been wounded by the father wound? That they've just turned away from what is the right thing to do? What is, they're, they're so bitter and at the core of their being, they've never got in touch with the wound. That's, that's not all of them, but there's a majority that has really been affected by the father wound. So powerful. I want to touch on something that you said, because I think this is very profound, and then we're going to continue uh, with this. I, I feel like it's important um, what you're sharing here. There's healing for us. There is healing for all of us, no matter if we're a single parent home or fatherless or w w whether we're mom, dad, sister, brother. There is wholeness for us. And you, you had mentioned, like, no, the curse is broken. How many know that we are not generationally cursed? We are generationally blessed because we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Amen. Our identity is in Jesus. Amen. Jesus bore the curse. Jesus took on the disease of humanity. So now we don't have to live in this. We can forgive. We can love. We can be free. And, and we even though we have circumstances that are, that are bad, there is grace to rise up, to break the cycle. Mm -hmm. Like, and when you were saying that, I heard this, like over people that feel like, well, I'm just going to repeat, you know, the sins of my parents or, you know, what my dad did or my mom yeah. did or whatever. And then my son is going to experience the same thing, my daughter or whatever. It's like, no, it stops here. Exactly. Like I heard the spirit of God say it and I just declare it. And we have to believe this way. Like, no, it stops here. The curse is broken. Mm -hmm. We will not tolerate. And what we tolerate will dominate. And there's, you know, when you're sharing this message, man, I love it because it's like, it's a type of the bride that has lost its understanding, the body of Christ of the father heart of God. Yep. Yep. And when we don't know the father heart of God, we can't represent Jesus in the world to a broken world. We don't know how to relate to broken people, whether it's a community that is their identity is distorted or we're talking about, you know, orphans, widows, all of the above. Now, how do we... Now, I feel like there's a practical question here I could ask, but I would like to bring it for the sake of time. Let's talk about the father wound. It's not just people that haven't had a dad or a mom. It's not just that. It's not just, the parent. It's not just an orphan wound. We all, to one degree or another, carry this. And, and can we talk about, you would mentioned this, and I, I love this, Tony. You said that we have to learn. This is tremendous. We have to forgive we have to let go. It's almost like the, God's pouring out love and healing. And, and in order to receive it in our cup, in our life, we have to remove the lid of unforgiveness. Oh, yeah. I, I want to say something before you answer. I want to tell a story real quick. There was a, a man who's a part of my life uh, who's like a spiritual son. And um, I remember the point of his healing. He struggled with his, his identity, addiction, fierce drug addiction. 
I mean like fierce drug addiction. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not talking about like the, the surfacey drugs. I mean drugs that will grip a soul and try to drag it to, del- to hell and death. And this man was totally set free when he forgave his father, completely set free. I remember he was sitting in my living room and I looked at him and I said, can you hear the father, God the father, speaking the same words that he spoke over Jesus when Jesus came out of the waters of baptism? I said, the father, I looked at him, I said, the father's telling you right now, you are his beloved son in whom his soul delights. That is where your freedom and your identity comes from, the love of the father. Mm -hmm. And he begins to weep and I said, and you will never, you might get a little healing, but you'll continue to retain. You'll pick at that wound. It will scab up again if you don't forgive your biological right. father for not being there in your 70 life. Seventy times seven. Not, not just forgive him it's one perpetual. time. It's perpetual. But every time the enemy reminds you of your, your father, because that's, that's the exposed place. If, if that's your exposed place, the, the enemy will remind you 70 times seven. But You had mentioned it's like baggage, like walking in the airport. Yeah, I love that you, analogy. You, you can't go through the... Whatever security. Yes, security. Bang, bang, bang. It's like Jesus saying, you can't take that with you. Come on. You can't take that That's anger, it. the bitterness, the, reg- the regrets. All of that stuff that was yesterday is still like you're cl- pulling it along and trying to get free today. Forgiveness needs to come uh, because if you don't forgive, and especially for single moms... I love you with all my heart. I know I, I bring the heart of the Father to you. But you may think you can carry bitterness and hatred and anger towards your ex-spouse because he deserves it. That's the creep, the rat. He's a rat. That's not the way the Lord sees it. The Lord says, forgive those who have despised you. I thought you were a mobster you. just now when you said that. You scared me, bro. I'm like, Tony Soprano, I got to go. Oh, it's Tony Martirana, sorry. <laughs> yeah. But the, the, the heart of the father is that you need to forgive your ex-spouse totally. Amen. I'm not asking you to step into it again. I'm saying you got to release yesterday. You need to forgive. Because if you don't forgive your children... Don't need you to tell them that you have hatred in your heart toward your ex-spouse. They could smell it like fish on Friday in a Catholic home. You, 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 don't have, you don't have to know. You could just walk in the hallway and you know they're cooking fish. It's the same thing with spiritually breastfeeding your children. Anger, hatred, resentment, it's bitterness. To them. It's, it's, they're receiving it. So you need to forgive totally. See, Jesus, when he went to the cross, he just didn't say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Now get me out of here because I can't stand them. That's, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Here he is crucified. He's been uh, the thorns on his head. They're spearing his side. His hands and feet are nailed in. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Then he goes to the very pit of hell and he takes the keys of life and death away from the devil and he gives them to whoever would ask of him for eternal life. Matter of fact, the guy who speared him recognized him as the son of God. That guy got eternal life. He got a blessing from God. And then the last thing that that Jesus does 
after the crosses, he goes and sits at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and me. For all the sinners of the world, he's praying. So you, when you want to forgive, you've not got to let him go. You've got to say his name. Charlie, I, I release him, Lord Jesus, to you. You handle him, Father, and may the blood of Christ turn him inside out, not to return him to me, but to return him to you. Return him to you. Brilliant. And every time the enemy knocks on that door, which he will, you'll pass by the, the mall where Charlie banged your head against the wall, and you remember it, and you go, Father, in the name of Jesus, I, I know what happened here, but I prayed the blood of Jesus for Charlie, and I pray that he gets saved and turned around for the Lord. Mm. And, and every time so you do good. it, finally the enemy says, forget it. That woman has no longer have any hooks in her when I talk about her husband. Every time I talk about her husband, she pleads the blood. The, the enemy goes, this, That's I, right. I, 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 won't, I don't want to bother with that woman anymore. That's right. It's broken. It's broken. So good. And the Bible says this, and I want to I pray. Tim, if you could come up. I, I want to pray, and we're going to, the, the first service, we opened up the altars, and a lot of people came down, and we just took some time praying, and you were praying over people, and I just saw that orphan wound just being healed in the hearts of God's people. It's so profound. Um, forgiveness is something that we do because we've been forgiven. Mm-hmm. Like, we can't really, we don't have in, it in our own, it's like we can't really love without receiving love. And, and so there is the, the scripture in the New Testament says, forgive those uh, who have sinned against us. Or, Father, forgive us of our sins as we forgive those. And that's in the Lord's Prayer. And then Paul says, we forgive as we've been forgiven. But the Lord's Prayer in the Aramaic is so profound. It's, it doesn't say, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who've sinned against us. It is, unleash the cords that bind us as we unleash the cords that we bound others with. It's like, it's a, it's a prison that we've locked ourselves in. Oh, absolutely. And, and we can't receive that love and that forgiveness if we don't let it go. If we don't, if we don't forgive, we're driving the car looking through the rearview mirror. And, and who's in the back seat? Your children. And they're frightened to death. Mom, look forward. Will you look forward? Stop looking back. I mean, what, what are you going to, you got, you got to forgive. You got to let go. And the biggest thing that a single mom goes through or a single dad is fear. Fear, fear, fear. Uh, Elijah went to Seraphat. The first thing he says to the woman, be not afraid. Jesus deals with Hagar after uh, he's, she's thrown out with Ishmael by Abraham. And she's willing to die. She's willing to let her son die. God hears the cry of the voice of, of the child and goes to Hagar. First thing he says, be not afraid. Fear. Why fear? Because fear blinds you of your future. What was your future? It was happily ever after until death to his part. It was the perfect American family. Well, you didn't get it. You didn't get it. And now it's time to release that fear and to be able to, be able to say, Lord, I'm you're my, you're my heavenly father. I came through you, from you, not through a man. And he's going to lift your vision higher. He's going to give you spiritual eyes to see. 
in Jesus' name. So we want to do an invitation just a moment. First service we did mention, and we'll just mention this in closing, that the, the way that we see the Father is through the Son. Jesus reveals the heart of his Father. And so many times it's hard to reconcile the God of the Old Testament and then Jesus. And, oh, Jesus is nice, but the Father, he's kind of like Zeus, you know. But in the Old Testament is a progressive revelation of God. But when we get to Jesus, he is the mountaintop. He is the, the perfect image of who the Father is. And so we want to open up the altars in just a moment. But I, I thought of this when you were just talking in John chapter 20, where Jesus, the disciples are locked up in fear because Jesus was dead. He had risen from the dead and they weren't aware of this fully yet. And the Bible says the doors were locked as they're shut up in fear. And then it says Jesus just stood in the midst. Now, most people think that he just in his glorified body and quantum physics will say this is possible. Just walk through the walls. I said this to a young girl that was just weeping and receiving the father's love. I said, the father's walking through your walls of fear right now. And I think God wants to do that. He wants to walk through our walls and bring peace. And this is what Jesus says. And then he says, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they're forgiven. If you retain them, they're retained. So we're going to open up the altars. And I want you to just to close this out. Pray. Open. Let's, let's open up the altars. We'll dismiss those that want to be dismissed in just a moment. But we want to take some time and pray for anyone that just wants to receive the Father's love. You don't have to be somebody who didn't grow up with a father or a single parent. or Anyone can come and just receive. We need the Father's love. But I feel like the Lord is walking through our walls of fear. And he's going to reveal and release his peace to us. Father, who are you speaking to this morning? I, I don't know who you're speaking to. But I know we're gathered as a crowd here, Lord. And we're hearing this voice that, that comes from me. But Lord, this is these are not my ways. I, these are your ways. Matter of fact, the majority are your words. The words that pierce and go deep, deep calling to deep. For those who have been stuck in yesterday, can't get rid of the pain that someone has caused. It's been years. But today I pray that you would give us a spiritual antibiotic that's filled with the power of the blood, the perfect blood of Christ, that we might be able to forgive those who have used us, abused us, deserted us, abandoned us, hurt us, broke their promises to us. Would you, Lord, heal the wound of yesterday? Take away the pain of the memory, that the memory of the pain would be useful, that they might be able to speak even a word of testimony that would bring others to know your love. And they would recognize this person didn't read a book. This person experienced it. But they've been healed of their pain and can speak of the memory. So I pray, Lord, that courage would be given to them. Fear, I break your back in Jesus' name. I take authority over you in Jesus' name. You're a mouse, fear, in Jesus' name. 
And this day I pray for boldness and courage to say, no longer will I suffer from yesterday. I will be free this day because of Jesus Christ. If, you, if that's you I'm speaking to, please step up and come to the altar. Receive your healing. Enough's enough. And today is your day. Hi, Pastor Zach here at Encounter Church in Rochester, New York. Hope you were blessed by that message. And we want to give you an opportunity to sow into the ministry if you'd like to. If you would, just go to revival.me and click on the button that says give. Thanks again and have a blessed, blessed day.